A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Life and Balance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable, no longer lonely office companion, Derek Lewis. Today we'll be talking about office thieves in the deep dive before we address audience questions and issues from the internet. But first, time for the daily stand-up. I missed you too, oh, Derek. It's been like it's been like two weeks since I've heard you say it's time for the daily stand-up, and I didn't know how bad I missed it until right then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, oh. today for the daily stand-up, I was thinking about talking about vegan mac and cheese. Uh, and unicorns and other things that don't exist? Indeed. <laughs> But here's the thing with vegans. Apparently, they're going to keep trying. Right. <laughs> no matter if laws or common decency or anything tell them to stop. Exactly. Like, I, I, I have not had much. <laughs> Sorry. Look, look I, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt you. It's just I can hear the wheels turning in your head as you're trying to to make funny about this thing that a is both ludicrous and morally offensive on such a deep level. <laughs> it it is it is honestly offensive to me as a human being <laughs> that this shit exists at all. Right. <laughs> and I I mean I'm game. I try to I try things. I I will eat soy-based burgers. Uh, mm -hmm. this weekend I had one of those impossible burgers that's supposed to, you know, taste and feel like actual beef, but is made from plant proteins and such. Okay. Is that like an actual brand name or something? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it was like the impossible burger is the brand name, but the, they, they were getting a little See, bit of press or something because their burger like bleeds beet juice so or something. So closely emulates. Oh, Jesus. Because that's the part of the meat that I enjoyed the most is the fucking is the fucking blood running out of its veins. I mean, sure, it is a nice touch on a delicious meal, but but that is not why you buy the meat. Like, and especially if I know it's fucking beet juice. Like <laughs> beets are the worst. <laughs> beets are the worst things ever invented. Like I don't know. I, I maybe I've never had it right. Like I've had borscht before, and and it's been okay. But like any other time that I've had beets, it has been the least pleasant experience. It has been either cold or warm red dirt. That is the best descriptor that I have for that. And and no compliments whatsoever. Like I have nothing positive to say. Very earthy. I think is what most people yeah. would describe the flavor as. And and by earthy they mean yeah, it tastes like fucking dirt. Oh god. I, I honestly no. kind of enjoy beets a little bit though, so like that part of it doesn't doesn't bother me. Right. And the that burger itself was not bad. I, I didn't have a bad time eating it, and I was like it it's one of those things that I think a lot of the textured plant protein meat substitute products have have now at least reached the point where they're realistic enough that they are difficult to distinguish between like a really good one of those or a, a really <laughs> shitty version of the real thing. <laughs> I was about to say, either a really good one of those or a really fucking terrible burger. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that because you don't have to, like, you're never going to be able to match Kobe beef or something. Like, that's not... 
I mean, even with like the lab engineered, like bioengineered shit that they're coming out with, you're not really going to be able to come up to the you know natural marbling of you know Wagyu or Kobe beef. Like you're never going to get to the pristine level. But if you can trick somebody that the burger they just ate uh, <laughs> contains the same type of meat as like a McDonald's quarter pounder. I think you're doing okay. Like that's not that's not too high a bar either. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Like that's that's one of the, like I'm not necessarily a crusader for the environment or anything like that, but the number of animals that we raise to feed like this ever-growing hunger that we have for burgers and I get it. I have an ever-growing hunger for burgers as well. <laughs> but like we're starting to to get American sort of western fast food chains into a lot of other countries and markets that we haven't before and that's only going to increase the demand for beef. Right. And beef is one of those things that's really kind of a pain in the ass from an agri like not from an agricultural but from a an environmental standpoint to, right. to produce. So if we can make a a McDonald's hamburger from some sort of pea protein that is indistinguishable from a McDonald's hamburger using you know low grade beef that has been ground and processed to hell and back. I think that's a win. That's the kind of thing where, like, I'm not going to feel bad about it if I go to McDonald's and I get, like, the Soylent Burger. <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree with that because, you know, I I cannot say maybe maybe back with the the Big and Tasty or something, like, years and years ago, like, that might have been the last time I went to McDonald's expecting any type of quality. And more or less, that was just because the commercial looked so fucking good. Uh, but everything else has been just disappointment after disappointment. Not even disappointment. Just, I know what to expect, and I get no more <laughs> out of my order. Reality has set in. Exactly. Like, I get exactly what I thought I was going to get, and no pleasant surprises. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't need an animal to die in order for me to to enjoy something it's just that the tastiest things to enjoy do come with with some modicum of animal death and and i i love animals like both obviously as food and as pets and lovable creatures like baby cows are like some of the cutest motherfuckers sometimes at all at the same time <laughs> exactly I, I, somebody somebody was showing me something uh somebody had caught uh, so they had they, there was a cow that had escaped from their fields like years ago, and they set up deer cameras because they were trying to catch some of the wildlife, and they found their their cow from years ago had basically been kind of adopted by these these woodland deer, and so there it was like with like the fully grown deer and the fully grown cow just like chewing on some hay caught on their their game camera. Cows are cute, like. Well, sort of like some of their like. If you step in a mean cow pie, you might question their cuteness. But uh, I was going to say <laughs> I I am southern enough to have grown up around cattle to some extent, and I don't know as cute would necessarily describe them past a few months. If you can hold your nose, they are at least lovable. Like they they do have some positive qualities as like animals, like like in some sort of cute factor, whatever. Uh, but you know, then again, uh, on the whole, I don't trust any situation in which I am not the largest living thing in the room that is also true like that is a legitimate thing any any creature that is larger than me i'm looking at it's like i don't trust you son of a bitch <laughs> i want to be able to take down anything in this room and you are breaking my rule exactly that's why i don't want to go to meetings with you very often because most of the time i i am probably the largest person in the room <laughs> until you walk in and then i kind of have to like cower in the corner but you know i don't i don't need I don't need death in order to enjoy something like that's not that's not the whole point. So if they really did like perfect like the lab engineered beef, I think that could be fine. Like if if they can produce like marbling or something like uh, maybe while it's in the petri dish dish like add uh, like some you know fine beer or something you know to kind of simulate that they had fed something some some nice beer or something. Um, look. It is it is obvious from the last ten seconds that I am I am in no way 
any bioengineer, so I, I clearly don't know how this all works. Uh, but if anybody out there is and knows how to make this happen, I want I, if you can get Kobe, if you can get bioengineered Kobe beef, sign me the fuck up, and I will, <laughs> I'll sign up to that mystery box service, and you can just send me some bioengineer, bioengineered meat every every month. That'd be great. But until they get that, it starts. By splicing some soy with a cow. Oh, and then God. you get a soy cow. <laughs> and from there... I'm getting the feeling you don't know how this works either. I am not a science person, Derek. Oh, <laughs> uh, but okay. So I have the, never claimed to be a science person. All right, so let's, let's go back to the, the vegan mac and cheese. What... Is this abomination that you have uh, that you have set up? Wh- what does it? What does it even consist of? So the macaroni out, replaced by sweet potato chunks. The cheese out, replaced by kind of this cashew butter, but the cashew butter has been turned into the most foul and disgusting <laughs> substance known to man. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could kind of consider that cheese-like, because, you know, I mean, cheese is just spoiled milk and cream, like, so I I get it, like, it's not, I'm not defending cheese, I'm just saying that, that the replication of such things does, will probably lead to something worse than, than cheese. Yeah, this was not cheese, this was (laughs) Baphomet smegma. Christ, that is, oh, that is a powerful pair of words. <laughs> oh my God, that is disgusting. This is how much I disliked the cheese. It's just like they add some vinegar, like apple cider vinegar and some nutritional yeast and shit to some ground up, I think it was cashews. And I can see what each of the, the additions are attempting to go for in uh-huh. terms of the flavor composition that is cheese. Right. You know, it's like, oh, we'll add this for the tanginess of cheese, and then we'll add this for the umami of cheese. And But you can't, you can't replicate it like that. No. That just, I mean, that just sounds hideous. I mean... So, so let me break down my complaints, uh, not necessarily in any particular order of severity. They, they're calling it vegan mac and cheese. So, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, like, cheese, they're trying to do a cheese substitute. With macaroni, if, it's, if it doesn't have macaroni in it, it is not mac anything. Like, I know they're trying, like I said, they're, they're trying to replace it, but if it doesn't have macaroni... You can't put Mac in the name. Like, that is, that is fucking full stop. Like, I am putting, I am drawing a line in the sand. If it contains no macaroni, you can't call it Mac anything. It already didn't contain cheese, Derek. So at that point, we're in for a penny, we're in for a pound on the lies. Let's just... I guess so. Let's ride this one all the way to the bank. Uh, at any rate, it is time for us to move on. <laughs> Take me out of this. Dive. Take me out of this. Uh, this barren wasteland of flavor. So today on the deep dive, we want to talk about Optus kleptomaniacs, the lawless bastards that not only steal food, as we have previously discussed in previous episodes, but can't keep their dirty, filthy fucking paws off of other items around the office either. So Frank, what examples of office kleptomania have you seen? At one of my previous jobs, there was a no-good, low-down, yellow-bellied son-of-a-bitch <laughs> that kept stealing people's coffee mugs. So, like, taking them home or putting them in his desk? Both. Like, we would, people would come in with a mug, and it would be a pretty cool mug that they got for, like, Christmas or whatever, and they would wash it and put it up in the sink to dry. hmm and come back the next day, and the motherfucker was missing. Wow. <laughs> I 
I mean, I can I can see that with like you know it, some companies have branded you know like the company I work for has branded coffee mugs they put in the the, the cupboards. So like they're not going to complain if you took one home. But my God, if somebody left there like. Jim so and so is the best dad on the planet. I'm not taking that fucker home because my name ain't Jim so and so. Like, <laughs> and I'm also not a dad, so that it's kind of a twofer. But no, <laughs> number one dad. <laughs> no, but that that is just a rat bastard thing to do. So how did, did did anybody ever figure it out or stop him or how do they how do they put a stop to that? Uh, somebody, I think, eventually figured out who it was. Like, it, it seemed like they caught on to the pattern that this person would, like, you you have a cool cup, and then they will just see the cool cup in the... Because uh, at that office, we had a dishwasher, and then there was... Um, the drying a, rack? A person on staff... Mm. Well, uh, there was a drying rack and then a person on staff who came by and would put everything in a cabinet. Mm, Okay. Um, So if if you didn't come and get your cup out of the dishwasher, it would end up in the cabinet. Right. Now, the cabinet wasn't like everybody can grab this because it was mostly a cabinet filled with other people's shit, stuff that you could see someone had bought on purpose because they wanted to use it. So it was was a communal space for individual people stuff to use individually exactly and at first i think everybody kept thinking oh well somebody just might have grabbed that as the first cup that they pulled out of the thing so cool that's fine it'll turn back up in the washing machine in a couple of days and then i'll make sure to snag it and put it in my desk right well this person was taking them out of the cabinet leaving them sit in like a semi-hidden place on his desk so that if anybody came by and was like, oh, that's my mug, he could be like, oh, oh yeah, I had just used it, here you go. But then if nobody had caught him in a couple of days, it would just disappear from the desk never to be seen again. Wow, that is fucking bold. Oh, God. Jesus, so like, I mean, I have, I have so many questions. The the first of which being uh, that I, I think trumps them all. What the fuck does he need with like a steady stream of coffee mugs? Like what what is he doing with his own coffee mugs? Like I don't understand. <laughs> the only thing that I could think of is that he did his entire glassware section in his home in stolen shit. But because I, I mean, no. people had pint glasses and and you know big mugs and you know, insulated tumblers and sure. and drink bottles and stuff like that. All of those things. They but, would all just go disappearing. And it was very specifically stuff that was cool. Right. But I mean So I, if it was like, uh check out my But like after like three weeks, where the fuck is he putting them all? Like, dude, I have like ten coffee cups in my cabinet and we and if we get another one, we gotta get rid of one. Like we don't have enough space for any more cups. And it's not like we have like a tiny amount of space. We just got other shit to put in cabinets. So how the hell can, like, does does he? Do you think he has like some uh, fuck like an entire like storage unit d- devoted to these cool ass coffee cups? Maybe he's got a room in his house where he you know has built a shrine oh. to all the coffee cups that he's stolen or something. Oh no! <laughs> oh god. Oh no, what what if he's taking the mugs from people that are cool and then kind of using their cells and like splicing DNA to make like the the ultimate cool office person like just like in a petri dish? I can only imagine that's the case cuz what the fuck else do you need with <laughs> with 10,000 used coffee mugs? Like or I was going to say the amount of my shit that went missing, I have to assume that whatever Frankenstein's monster that he has created looks mostly like me <laughs> and is probably just my illegitimate son. <laughs> Wait a minute. What what did you leave in your coffee cups, Frank? <laughs> um we all got to do what we got to do in the stall, Derek. <laughs> These demons don't summon themselves. Oh God! I guess that's what you meant when the co- you said the coffee took you to Flavortown, but I didn't. I didn't think you were being literal. 
But I, I think this is not necessarily just restricted to, you know, this this coffee cup theft. But, you know, some of the things that can go missing in an office, like you misplace like a stapler or some scissors or pins. Like I, even even I've been guilty of that. Like I've, you know, had pins around the office. I'll pick it up, put it in my pocket and get home and realize, oh, shit, I just took like a two or three dollar pen. Um, of course, that happens en- enough. And, you know, you have like a <laughs> once again, a shrine of office pens. But, you know, if, if things other things start going missing, like desk decorations or like you said, coffee cups or, you know, those like you were saying, like tumblers or like water bottles and stuff like that. Some of those some of those things are like 30 and 40 dollars a piece. So, you know, oh, yeah, you've got to imagine that somebody if somebody was unscrupulous enough, they could, in essence, use the office as kind of um, <laughs> kind of uh, what is it? American Pickers. Or whatever, where they just go and they steal <laughs> shit, and then they like sell it on like Let Go or eBay or something like that. And I, you could probably, you know, especially if you work somewhere where there are a lot of people that 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 have money or spend money on stupid gaudy shit, you know, you could make a decent amount of money. I mean, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying it's practical. <laughs> Floyd's Cup Emporium. Used cup and pour him at that. Used cup and pour him, <laughs> uh, which only which is only used because the the name Steinmart was already taken. <laughs> One of the greatest disappointments of my adult life was walking into Steinmart for the first time and realizing there were no Steins in sight. <laughs> Not a fucking Stein to be found. Oh, God. I, I can... was so excited. I was like, I'm going to get me one of them little lidded cups. It's going to be great. <laughs> when I go to Zabilgarten, they're going to think I'm so cool. But no, all it was is what, like clothes? I don't even yep. know what's in a Stein. And none of them were even Lederhosen. <laughs> You'd think at least they could throw in some Lederhosen. That's just, that's just mislabeling their brand. That's terrible. Yeah, I really think they're missing out by not selling Steins at Steinmart. That's all I gotta say. Even if they sold other things, like, it's fine for them to do the, the, the clothes or whatever other ha- stuff they have. Just have some Steins. Like, even if it's just one. Have one Stein, and then we'll be like, ha ha, that's funny. Okay, let me go get some Chinos. The obligatory, you know, row of steins. Just five. I think five is a good number. Five suggests that you have curated the collection. Right. Oh, and you could, and it could be like a traveling collection. Like, uh, not not that you know, there's one for the entire company, but they kind of exchange them on some, you know, some uh, semi-frequent basis, so that you have steins from like around the world and around the country, and you know, just so your your local shop may have some from. And it would bring repeat business because people would be coming back to see what kind of steins you had at Steinmart. Uh, not, I guess they couldn't purchase. I know them. it would have gotten me back. Yeah, because I, I only walked into Steinmart that one fucking time, and I was like, "Well, nope, nothing for me here." I didn't even have Zero to walk steins. in there. I'm I, out. Somebody just told me that that they had no steins, and I was like, uh, "They got nothing for me then." Uh, I, I will say that the the biggest. And most severe case of kleptomania in the office. And it wasn't even necessarily like out and out, just somebody taking anything that wasn't nailed down. But I worked at a place, and I will not be very specific, but I worked at a place that was not super careful about labeling or cataloging their inventory. And, you know, we would get computers in, and there was one particular person who was in a position of power who would order these computers and they, they'd sit around and, you know, maybe a project would be canceled to where they're no longer needed. And a couple years later, they, they'd come, you know, looking for them and they just weren't there. I, I don't think this guy was selling them. He didn't necessarily need the money, but I just, I think he had, like, if anybody's going to create Skynet, um, not from like intelligence, but from just like sheer amount of computing power this fucker had. Like, he he definitely had a, a cray supercomputer by the end of it. If he just strung them all together, then <laughs> he's got his own server farm. 
Now, I will say, like, when the Bitcoin thing started happening, uh, things, let's say the pace picked up just a tad. <laughs> it was like, he, w- he was trying to get all the computing power he possibly could, and, uh, I mean, he said his power bill went up, like, 300% because of all the computers that he had that were running around the clock mining Bitcoin. I don't think he ever did anything with them, but... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, I think they're worth about 36 cents or $15,000. It depends on the exact microsecond you check. Right. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's Bitcoin. Like, if you... Exactly. If, if you don't check how many Bitcoin you have and what they're worth, they're worth about 20000 But the second you open up your, your BitLocker and to look at them, they're worth about a quarter. So... <laughs> so... With people that are just, that that don't necessarily, for, for people that are unscrupulous that don't necessarily care whose property is what or how much was spent on it, what can you do to, to stop these fuckers? Because, I mean, in some in some cases it's, it's obvious and maybe they'll get fired or something like that. But in some cases, like these people are just very sneaky about it. And, and it's, it's just a bare suspicion that somebody may be stealing something. I mean, what what can you do? What what type of booby trap could you lay to try to catch this guy? See, at first, with with the cup thief, we attempted to just start writing our names on our possessions. Uh huh. Under the mistaken assumption that if if this person were able to identify a specific individual who they were stealing from, they would be a little less inclined (laughs) to make off with their shit. Ah, appealing to their sense of humanity and not wanting to... Whatever you put a name to a face. It goes over so well with hardened criminals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm guessing that did not deter them whatsoever. Not really. I think they became more trophy-like at that point. Like, not only... Not only did I steal this cool Simpsons mug, but now it's also signed by the poor bastard that no longer has this cool Simpsons mug. <laughs> That's funny. What was he ever brought with, to justice? With anything, uh, I think someone eventually called him out and it stopped because once everybody knew exactly who it was, they could go to that person and be like, listen, <laughs> motherfucker. Give my cup back. I want my cup back. <laughs> Nowadays, with most things that you can put, like, uh, I know that they've got these little near-field sensors and and low-energy Bluetooth uh, transmitters and stuff. Right. So you could could conceivably low-jack all of your shit with low-energy Bluetooth tags. Right. It would be very expensive and (laughs) time-consuming, but... (laughs) But look, cost is not the most important factor here. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna spend a lifetime salary trying to replace all your coffee cups, so you might as well go ahead and just put up a little bit up front and you know tag it with something to where you can find this bastard, uh, call the law and send them you know to an exact location. I mean, like you said, it'll be a little bit costly up front, but once you see that rap scallion on the evening news, you know your job is done. <laughs> Maybe, now, maybe because you've been fired. <laughs> it might be difficult to to you know find something that could sense these things at his home, so you might end up having to use like one of those radio transmitters that they put on sharks. Okay, and, and I, I think they're only like two or three feet long, so it it shouldn't interrupt <laughs> your coffee cup enjoyment that much. It's just like hanging on the uh, the side of the coffee cups every time he takes a drink, it pokes him in the eye. <laughs> Exactly. It's just wobbling out there. <laughs> That's so goofy. <laughs> All right, you want to take the elevator to accounting? Let's take the elevator to accounting. I need to complain about some thieves. <laughs> All right, Derek, want to get to the review retrospective? I would love to. It's been a couple weeks, so I, I need a little bit of praise to inflate my ego. So hit me. Well, we got to know why we're doing this, and we're doing this for the fan. <laughs> Singular, not plural. 
<laughs> Almost as great as the water cooler. Five stars by Via VHS. Solid banter, deadpan comedy, and advice you should never, ever take. Definitely listen. Very I nice. agree with everything that this person is saying. This person is a genius. And I would hire them immediately. <laughs> I agree. Next up we have Soothing. Five stars by Fiercely Altered Perspective. Derek and Frank are funny, informative, and they both have great voices. We all know the difference between work and life, and these guys bridge that gap with plenty of humor. It's a must-listen, and now a permanent fixture on my playlist. Alright, so Via VHS has been supplanted now by Fiercely Altered Perspective. Because <laughs> not only did they give me praise, but they said that my voice was great. And something about you was in there too. I believe they called it soothing. So this is the part of the podcast where you just get to take a little nap. Sure, we've got other shit to do, but we can wait. That's fine. <laughs> just some that... happy little trees. No, we can't do that. I can't paint for shit. So we gotta gotta <laughs> nix that plan before it gets too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there was one critical flaw in our plan for world domination, and it was that it hinged on your artistic ability. <laughs> uh, we should have workshopped that beforehand. I could have told you that was not going to work. <laughs> Shit, I've been doing Derek the, uh... will paint the pictures, and I will sing. <laughs> uh, my guess is that both will be about of equal quality. <laughs> But no, thank you so much for all the reviews. And anybody who's listening that hasn't already left a review, feel free to go ahead and do it. That helps us a lot and helps us to get get found. And you know, hopefully we'll point other people towards the podcast. So that would be fantastic. And if you know anybody that might find things like this funny, feel free to point them in our direction. Absolutely. Because we, we are soothing. That's good, too. So soothing, Derek. <laughs> it's like, that's why they call me chamomile. That's my prison name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is time for the Indie Podcast Corner. In this segment, we take a few minutes to tell you about a new podcast that we've been enjoying that we think you'll enjoy too. And You know what we don't do though, Derek? What is that? We don't listen to the totally awesome Indie Podcast Corner theme song. No, we don't. But unlike the last time we talked about it, I have started writing it. No, no, actually, I I had sort of kind of written it before, but now I'm actually like putting it together. And it just like everything I do, it's taking like ten times longer than I anticipated because I can't fucking let stuff go. So <laughs> it's it is. I was gonna say, Derek, I started writing a novel, but you don't see novelist <laughs> next to my fucking name, do you? Well, I'm not saying I'm a fucking singer songwriter. I'm just. <laughs> just saying that that i have an idea it may or may not materialize and that that's that like i i'm not expecting i'm not calling billboard now and saying get ready like it's it's just it's just a fucking idea um see derek i was hoping that we could do one of those tiny desk concerts because the desk would look even tinier with us <laughs> I don't think they meant it so literally, but that's fine. Um, actually, I think on the NPR videos, they have like an, an actual like tiny, tiny desk that they have created now. So it's, it's very cute. <laughs> like for a for little mouse, if a mouse were to be <laughs> an office drone. But this week, our featured show is the You, Me, and He podcast. Rob, Drew, and Josh give their hilarious take on movies, music, and pop culture, as well as stories about their own lives. Yeah, they may not. I I think they mentioned this in the show, so it's not like I'm really like outing them or anything. But but one of the things that initially drew me to them is that all three of them were members of a hardcore band together for several years, and that's you know they they grew up as friends, they started a metal band, and you know now they're they're dads and you know just doing the podcast thing. It See, is... Derek, when you 
when you came open with you, me, and he, and then you moved on to I don't want to out them. <laughs> I thought this was going in a real different direction. No, that's... <laughs> even, even when you said hardcore, I was like, well, I do declare. I didn't realize this is going to be that kind of podcast, Derek. Can we do one of these where it doesn't turn into a fucking roast? <laughs> oh God, no! But I, I won't say the name of their band. But uh, but they they sent me some clips of it, and it's actually really good. Like it, it definitely has like some of the like mid two thousands like uh, angst. D- angst. That's the word I was looking for. It definitely is angsty, but uh, it's it's it musically. I, I thought it was actually really good. So uh, kudos to them. And I'm really sad that they don't do it anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, ho- hopefully they'll bring some more of their music out of the darkness. Cause it's, it's, it's pretty great if you, if you like that thing, but here's the most incredible part about the entire show. They somehow managed to keep their show funny and they don't, they don't cuss at all. Like in their entire show, somehow they don't cuss a single time. I don't understand how you can do comedy and not say fuck. Like, I don't. <laughs> there's, how do you do that? The, the spirit of George Carlin is rising up within me right now. <laughs> God. I feel Richard Pryor coming over me. <laughs> and not in the way that Richard Pryor would. <laughs> oh, God. But no, like they they were asking for uh, for questions to you know kind of like we do with uh, with our questions from the audience, and they were saying you know keep them PG, and I'm like, huh? And so you know I listened to more of their their episodes, and I realized holy shit, they don't say fuck or, or goddamn or shit or anything at all in the entire podcast, and it still is raucously funny. So that. From me, that is some high praise, I feel. <laughs> Maybe I'll start pointing my family towards that podcast and yes. just pretend that that is my podcast. I'll be like, yeah, my, you can listen to my podcast. Here it is. <laughs> my my stage name is Rob. Uh, your stage name is Drew. And we, I don't know who, who Josh is, but... <laughs> He's he, a he, clean friend of ours. A clean friend of ours. Uh, but you can find them on Twitter at you, me, he podcast. And that is, uh, once again, that is the you, me, and he podcast. Go check it out. Do you enjoy entertainment? Have you wasted money or time not knowing what to expect? Well, look no further. <laughs> the Chewed Gum Podcast is your answer. It's a blasty blast. We are the Gruesome Twosome and Seamus and Luke. We find the latest entertainment and give you our views and hopefully save you time and money. So come listen to the Gruesome Twosome and chew up recent entertainment. Uh, who's listening to you, dummies? Girl. All right, Derek, are you ready for an audience question? I am ready. If you could choose a different topic or genre for your podcast, what would it be and why? Sent in by Drew from Real Feels Podcast. Now, I know that we gave Real Feels Podcast a shout out not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I might have said some stuff that might have been rough. And so now I'm wondering, <laughs> is this them coming for me? I'm not saying that it's not them coming for you. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's a gentle suggestion. Like, say, like, guys, have you ever thought about doing a different type of podcast? <laughs> it's like, well, one that's I good. <laughs> I kind of liked my concept. I was about to say that's a very hurtful qualifier. <laughs> to be honest, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we kind of. Uh, touched on this a little bit in our if we were to have to do a a podcast by ourselves without the other one like what would the content be i i think that's kind of the way that i would go 
it really would have to do with with the last thing I did before I had to do it. So you know, the, the when we were talking about it before, it was like what did I say? Uh, Terrace House because we just binge watched Terrace House. If if I had to do it do it now, it would be a <laughs> it would be a queer eye fan cast. Because we have watched <laughs> like 12 episodes of Queer Eye in the last two weeks. And it is so fucking good. Oh, my God. Ugh. Well, maybe oh. we'll maybe we'll create a spinoff show. Uh-huh. Uh, it can be Straight Eye. Um, that's not narrowed Yeah, that's down. all I got. All, yeah. I got is, all I got is Straight Eye. Yeah. <laughs> that may be a little bit on the nose. <laughs> maybe, maybe Straight Guys for the Queer Eye? That's not bad. Uh, they they are they are called the the Fab Five. So if we could find three other fat guys, we could be the Fat Five. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's they've got some decent legs. Now, have have you watched the the new uh, the new reboot of Queer Eye? I've I've seen season one. We haven't yet dived into season two. Yeah, I mean it. It's definitely more, you know, more of the same. You know, it's it it doesn't necessarily improve on anything. You know, it was it was good to begin with. The one thing that's so funny about watching Queer Eye, uh, multiple episodes in a short stretch, is that you watch one and you think, hmm, you know, that's very touching. This is amazing. These guys are great. This is this is was a very heartwarming experience. But if you start watching several in a row, you start realizing all the motherfuckers they're making over look like me. (laughs) (laughs) One, I think they're recording in Georgia. Uh Uh-huh. So Georgia and Alabama per capita probably have a decent percentage of the fat white guy pie. Yeah, yeah, and two. I know at least in season one they did a makeover of that uh, of that you know sort of bookish uh, civil engineer, right? Who was who was like black and totally built, right? And yeah, that, super gay. So <laughs> they, they they turned that guy into a stud, and 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 so the the second thought that they have is like you know first of all. Uh, a lot of these motherfuckers are like on the Venn diagram of what makes up those people and what what makes up me. There's like an eighty percent overlap, so that's that's disconcerting. Uh, but the other thing is like, it's like, man, how can I get on this show? Like, <laughs> like I, I would I would love you know a new haircut. I don't know that I could. Uh, I would handle them coming into my house and like tearing it apart very well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I could get that. Like, I think they would have less for for us to do. Like, if they came in and, and did it with with you know my house and and my body, like I think, <laughs> I think the the style guy would have a lot of work to do. The beautician, the uh, hygiene guy, or not hygiene guy, but like uh, hair and face and stuff. Like, he would have a lot to do. But the you know the relationship guy, uh, Karamo, like wouldn't have much to do. Uh, Bobby, you know, our, our house is pretty great. Like we, like they could like put more stuff in it, but like, it's already kind of, kind of clean and minimal. So like they could judge it up, but that's about it. Um, yeah. See, I, my house of course is kind of the opposite. So all I can picture is like the three of them walking in and then walking out. And then there's like a montage <laughs> of them coming back with like flamethrowers or some <laughs> shit. Oh God! Oh, I want to see that now. I want to. I want some sort of like fan <laughs> film of the Fab Five, like just like fucking torch in a house that is completely unsalvageable. I and for my part, like not only is the you know the house I call into question, the style I call into question because invariably they're bringing these people to places where you buy clothes, right? Which is not a thing that. <laughs> I necessarily have the luxury of doing very often, and, and there really are seeing not as I'm a ton not of human here. proportions. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Like, they would take you to the place that you already shop. Like, <laughs> pretty much, they would be like, "Hmm, uh, 
shit. I think you already own most of the thing on the rack here. I mean, the choices uh, are DXL or like Dressborn. Like, that's pretty much the only option they got. <laughs> I mean, they can feel free to to have me some bespoke clothes made. I will. I would surely enjoy that. I just think that their budget would not necessarily have that in there. I was about to say, like, if for nothing else than the pure cost savings, like that would be fantastic. Oh God. Okay, so so we we have covered mine. You know, I it would be certainly be at least if you ask me in the next like couple of weeks, it'd be a queer eye fan cast. What about you? What would uh, what would your <laughs> your plan B for a podcast B. If I had to do a plan B for a podcast, you know, it's it's not something I've given thought. Yeah, don't you dare say a work life related one with a different co host. Like, I know how to read between the lines. <laughs> if I couldn't do this podcast, I would do a better podcast about the same <laughs> subject with someone else. Oh. <laughs> now, if if I were to do another podcast, you know, because the, the podcasting space, I'll go ahead and say, is a little bloated. Um, Agreed. There's a lot of podcasts out there. And I, I don't think that I would necessarily out... Like, the reason I started this podcast was because I felt I had something that I could say in this particular space mm -hmm. that I didn't necessarily see a ton of other people saying. Other things that I might be interested in, I think other people are already doing and are doing well enough and are established enough in doing it that I don't really have any desire to try and break into that space. Right. Now, if I come up with something... I'm saying it's not always about doing something that somebody else isn't doing. You know, it, it is about doing them... You could possibly do the same thing just better... But, you know, of the things that, that I, you know, enjoy, I, I think somebody's already doing, like, a 95 percentile quality version of it that it would be very difficult to both replicate and improve on. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's always room for everyone's voice, I guess. But I, I think for my part, if I'm going to invest the kind of time, energy, and money that is required to make a podcast, I, I kind of want to do it, you know... In a way that I am saying something. Right. <laughs> Which most of, at this point, it's, you know, fuck, fart, shit. Like, that's that's mostly what we're saying on this one, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly people pooping and jerking off in the restroom. That, so far, seems to be the major things that we have discovered are actually going on in the business community. I mean, if we did, like, one of those word cloud things of all the words we say, like... I think fuck would probably be like front and center, but I think we would be very disappointed in ourselves of <laughs> the other words that are surrounding it. <laughs> uh, we would just look at it and be very shamed. It's like, oh, oh God. I didn't know I said semen so much, but there it is in big, big bold, bubbly letters. <laughs> in Comic Sans, no less. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> do you hate yourself that much, Derek? If I was going to self-flagellate, I would want to do it in Comic Sans. Now, self-flagellation, that might be a topic for a podcast that hasn't been done before. And I think it's something that definitely fits in your wheelhouse. Not necessarily you self-flagellating, but you promoting self-flagellation of others. There we I, go. I could see that. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to workshop this one for a little while. In the interim, want to take an issue from the internet? Let's do that. This issue is from user Bam Slam. Thank you, sir. So a terrible bastardization of the common slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. They fucked it right up. Sir. <laughs> Should I get a doctor's note for the restroom? HR pulled me in for a meeting, and, and before you... Before you say it, no, it is not, like, entirely about the bathroom. It is bathroom adjacent, but it's more about, like, bad practices, so buckle in. <laughs> All right, HR... I'm strapped in, Derek. I was, I was concerned, but no, carry no, no. on. Uh, HR pulled me in for a meeting today to tell me that I am up from my seat too much. I now have to message my acting manager anytime I'm leaving my seat, including when I use the restroom, 
In my 10-hour shift today, I used the restroom four times, went to lunch, picked up coffee downstairs, and visited with someone from another department for less than five minutes. My restroom breaks aren't 10 to 20 minutes long. I do my business and get back to my desk. My concern is my acting manager mocked my bathroom usage a few months ago, so I stopped drinking as much water. This cut my bathroom breaks down, but I also became dehydrated and sick. Not to get TMI, but I have a small bladder. Drinking a normal amount of water within a 10-hour shift for me means going four to six times while I'm there. I have other reasons to believe my acting manager is trying to get me fired as well. Should I get a doctor's note for my restroom use? I've had bad kidney infections in the past, so my doctor says go when I need to go. <laughs> There's this a decent amount to unpack in there. To answer their question, uh huh. yes, I would say go ahead, get a doctor's note, and then just ride that bitch all the way <laughs> Like, if you're going to go through the trouble of getting a doctor's note so that somebody will give you just a modicum of human fucking decency, then you have carte blanche. You can do whatever the fuck you want with that doctor's note. Like, get them to say that you have, like, sun sensitivity. Like, just go ahead and take it to 11. I mean, I would would get that. And then I would also start just leaving like business cards from ADA lawyers and and <laughs> law practices associated with discrimination claims and things like that and just leave them around my desk. <laughs> oh god, so they they come by to to try to uh to harangue you and they look down and see the, the business card right there like ooh I'll come back later. <laughs> that you know, like, that, you know I don't want to take too many bathroom breaks, but my doctor, <laughs> my doctor suggested I should. In Do you fact, want me to not take my doctor suggested bathroom break? <laughs> in fact, he said that I probably should have an office. I should probably have my own bathroom in my office. I know you're kind of being, you know, goofing a little bit with the business cards thing. But that's actually like legitimately not a bad idea. Like maybe, uh, maybe not have it for like completely frivolous, frivolous things. But you know, if you're in one of these situations and you haven't like gotten the doctor's note or anything like that, you know, if if that's part, if the conversation is starting for you to do that, just having that business card in plain view on the desk, like it basically you have a Rolodex and it's always flipped to, to that one, like. I think that would send a pretty strong message. Like that is, that is certain. Like if I was the manager and I saw that every time I walked over there, I would just, I would not fuck with them because they have connections or at least the will to sue. And that's, that's, that's no bueno. On the other hand, what is it that you do for 10 hours a day that you can only take four bathroom breaks before people start getting up your ass about it? Well, you say that, but, you know, when I worked at uh, at a textiles plant, you know, some of those loom operators, like they get, I think they get a 30-minute lunch break and two 15-minute breaks for the entire eight-hour shift. And essentially, every every minute that they're not there, you know, either, you know, tending the loom or watching, you know, putting fabric through a tenter or, you know, moving rolls from place to place, depending on their job, you know, that 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 process just was not continuing. So it... Unless they had like a, you know, two person team or something where they could swap out, you know, essentially, you know, they were losing production while, while that was going. So, so I can, so I get it. Like I get that they want people to be at their stations, you know, fairly regularly, but at the same time, if you can't, if you can't stand for somebody to go pee for like five minutes, like that's, that's just ridiculous. And the thing is, I I wouldn't want to track somebody else's pee habits. Like, like, unless you yourself are doing nothing but tracking someone else's pee habits, how are you, how are you keeping up with that? Like, like that boggles my mind, like to be so, so in somebody else's business that you can tell, like people that sit around me, 
they could be gone for an hour, and only after somebody comes and asks for them do I realize they are gone. Like, it's <laughs> just, I don't understand. Like, I guess maybe if it's if it's your job to keep up with people, you you should keep up with people. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's a loom operator. She's a loom operator. I don't know. Because the problem I'm having here, Derek, is I don't actually do work of any sort. <laughs> so I don't know what that's like. Uh, but, but no, you're right. I, outside of like a production plant, I can't think of any, any reason why a, a bathroom trip would cause undue stress. The part, the part of this that kind of gets to me is that essentially, yeah, the manager didn't just come out and say, "Hey, I feel you're you're probably overdoing a little bit on the bathroom breaks." I feel because that's the thing. He he, I think the manager probably felt that they were being abusive with a lenient policy. I mean, <laughs> lenient being pee when you have to pee, which I didn't really feel that was a lenient policy. I felt that was just a normal policy. Um, but then these said, weak-willed SOBs—they're going to have employees walking all over them, taking pee breaks, <laughs> one after the other. Before four, long, sometimes five a day. <laughs> Before long, they'll be peeing right on the manager. <laughs> Maybe he'll figure out he has a new fetish. It'll be anarchy. <laughs> and then they said that the acting manager mocked their bathroom usage. Like, yeah, that's, that's the one, like everything up until that point for me, like looking at it, I go, all right, what you've got more than you've got a bathroom problem. What you've got is a perception problem. Right. And that's what most problems are. Like for, for this guy, I would say the manager has stopped by at certain times, found that person not there and then extrapolated out. This person is never at their desk. Right, and, and really, what be, you've got is a perception problem. Right, it could just be a bad timing coincidence. Like if if you know somebody only walks through three times a day, but you are gone just by happenstance all three times per day. I mean, maybe maybe you shouldn't time your pee breaks with their normal scheduled rounds. But no, it's just a perception thing because they 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 feel like you were gone more than you should be. You know, and whether or not you are is is irrelevant. It's what they feel. And you know that that's why. So I think they they're gonna need to Thomas Crown heist movie this shit, and they're gonna have to time things that as soon as the boss walks by their desk, you know they're up, and and crouch down and dodging through the the cubicle farm in order to get to the restroom without being seen, uh, and then you do your business and then you sneak back to your desk, and, wow. and it was like you never left. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the only problem with that is that that when somebody starts like playing the uh, the Mission Impossible theme song on their phone uh, while they're doing this, I think that could be a dead giveaway. But who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, don't don't play at top volume the Mission Impossible theme or hum your own theme <laughs> music while say. sneaking. <laughs> so say just hum it at a very low volume, like. <laughs> Johnson, is that you? <laughs> no, and and this this person even said that uh, that they stopped drinking so much water, and they started to become dehydrated and sick. Like, I feel like you have to really cut down your water intake to actually start becoming like truly dehydrated and sick. I mean, and and that's the thing it, that that essentially this this part about you know, becoming dehydrated sick was right after their manager had mocked them. So they basically shamed them into, you know, a, a poor health decision like that. That just speaks of a, a bad manager that, that essentially the manager can't figure out a better way to get productivity up or to get numbers up. So they have to start nitpicking about these shitty little things that are, are things that they can control that don't actually take real work. They just take, you know, pedantry, like they just take, you know, being an asshole, which is something that that most managers are well equipped to do. Fixing actual like process and production problems are not something all of them are equipped to do. So <laughs> I guess go on, Derek. <laughs> do tell. Tell us about how much of an asshole all managers are. 
look, Frank, I know you know how to fix some problems, but if you had to say out of 10 problems, how many of your problems could you fix with menial pedantry over, you know, requiring real, like, experienced work? If you had to take a stab. (laughs) I would like to think that there is a decent percentage that I could solve through meaningless pedantry just because of my love for that. (laughs) But yeah, you're probably right. There's not a lot of problems you can solve that way. Yep. Oh, all right, Frank, you ready to punch the clock? Let's punch the clock. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. We now have a threadless merch store where we have our work life and balance logo placed on any number of miscellaneous household items and where we will be putting new t-shirt designs in the near future. You can find it at worklifeandbalance.threadless.com. We would love to hear from you guys. So if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, send them to questions at WLICast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash WLICast or on Twitter at WLMBalance and use the hashtag WLICast. This has been the Work Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. See, the thing that I was thinking about is that since we've got this Threadless store, uh-huh. we could have people send in pictures of themselves wearing our merch. Mm-hmm. And then we could read aloud a description of that person into the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I don't think people would buy our merch anymore if they knew they were going to eventually be the, the targets of a roast. Like, I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> what they want. <laughs> I, so I bought see. this t-shirt and all I got was red to filth by some fat asses. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>